Ladies and gentlemen, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, we'll be opening once again to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. As we've been looking through and studying through the book of Romans, Paul has been presenting a a very strong case uh, for salvation, for the first part of the book. You know, we opened up right away in Romans chapter 1. We saw how, uh, boy, the entire world is guilty before God. How every man stands in need of salvation. And we learned how God uh, draws people to Himself. And then we learned how we can all freely have salvation. And then he starts building a case about uh, what has happened with the Jews and the Gentiles and how that uh, how that we're different and how God... He, he worked with the Jews in a certain way, and then how Gentiles, if, well, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And we saw that how God had, had set them aside. Not that He's done with them, but He set the Jews aside, and, and now for salvation is, is, uh, is freely given to all men, as it always has been. But we saw He's not specifically working with just this one country anymore. And now, once we come to Romans chapter 12, Paul has started giving us some very practical wisdom, some very practical things that we need to learn as children of God. We saw in Romans chapter 12, verses number 1 and 2, he told us that it's our reasonable service just to present our bodies. Boy, a living sacrifice. Hey, that's just, that's baseline Christianity. The first thing a child of God needs to do, just give yourself to the Lord. Just give yourself to Him. Hey, you're saved. You're a child of God. Just turn yourself over. Give your life as a sacrifice to God and say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to do it. Take me. Use me. Here I am. And then we saw in verse number two that we shouldn't be conformed to this world. Kind of like we said that that jello mold, right? Whatever you put jello in, that's what it conforms to. And here we are as people we're either going to be conformed to this world, the world is going to shape us and it's going to make us and mold us, or we're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed to be like God. And we do that through the Word of God. And that's what we ought to want as a Christian. We ought to look into God's Word and say, God, I want you to change me. I want you to make me make me more like you. God, transform me, change me. Folks, now we're going to learn something very practical here, starting in verse number 3. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. And we're going to read a few verses here together before we start getting into specifically what it says. The Bible says this, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According to his God hath dealt every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. 
Folks, let's stop here and have a word of God, a word of prayer. Our Father, Lord, again, we just want to love you. We want to thank you. And we ask that as we go through this passage here in Romans, that you would help us to learn something about humility. Lord, as we study what it is to be uh, humble, and Lord, not to boast in the things of God, I pray that you would help us to understand what it is here that Paul has written to these folks here in Rome. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have listening ears, have clear minds and clear hearts, so that you might speak to us this evening. Lord, again, it's in your name we pray. Amen. So folks, the first thing that Paul does right away in verse number three, he opens up his case. He kind of builds a platform for this idea of being humble one towards another. Hey, now we have been talking about for the first part of first part of Romans, how I'm a sinner, how I've messed up the whole world is sinful before God and how Israel, man, their group and the Gentiles, their group. And we talked about the differences there a little bit. But now he's talking about us and how, how we stand as Christians and how we can relate one to another. Hey, next week, we're going to start talking about love and how we can be loving towards one another. But the first thing he does, verse number three, every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. He ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Folks, have you ever met someone that, boy, every time you talk to them, it's just all about, man, just look how great and wonderful I am. Boy, it, you are so privileged just to know me. And I wish that everyone could be as humble as I am. You know, have you ever met anyone that's just, boy, that they're always just so proud and they'll always jump at every opportunity to just tell people how wonderful they are. Now, did you guys ever hear about the frog that wanted to fly south for the winter? There, there was these, you know, these two ducks. They were in this pond, and they knew the winter time was coming, and uh, so they were getting ready to get up and to fly, and they were talking back and forth, and the frog heard about it, and the frog said, wait, you mean you guys get to leave, but I have to stay here? He said, well, yeah, you don't have wings. The frog said, well, I want to go. And the frog said, I got an idea. Hey, you two ducks, each of you can grab a stick, an end of this stick. And then you guys can fly, and I'll hold on to this stick in the middle with my mouth. I'll just grab a hold of this thing, and you guys, you can fly up, and you can take me with you. So the, the ducks, they looked at each other, and they talked it over, and they said, okay, we'll do that. So they got the stick, and these two ducks, they started to fly, and the frog, he reached up, and he grabbed a hold of that stick, and things were going great. They were going south for the winter. And then one other duck that was flying by looked at that, and they thought, man, there's two ducks carrying a frog. He said, hey, whose idea was that? And that frog said, it was my idea. <laughs> and he opened his mouth and he fell straight to the ground. He didn't want to miss at that opportunity to show everyone just how wonderful that he was. Right? And while that's a silly story, how often do we want to do that? Hey, look at me. Look how great I am. Look at all the great and wonderful things that, that I can do. And I want to build myself up. And I want to lift myself up. But you know, the funny thing is, the more and more we try to build our own selves up, the more everyone else is looking at us saying, boy, look at how prideful that guy is. And you know, that's, that's the way that the people would see us. And what the Bible is trying to tell us here is this. Verse number three, Paul even said it. For I say, through the grace given unto me, excuse me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
saying, Christians, don't think so highly of yourself. And folks, at the end of the day, we really don't have anything to boast about as it comes to the things that God has done for us. Listen, there's a good kind of pride. I believe that. Um, I'll give you an example. Hey, I am, I am proud to call myself an American. Absolutely. I, I think we are blessed. That's something God has blessed us with. I am proud of the family that God has given me. You know, I am proud to see the things that God has done for me. But that's not to say that I am going to boast about it. I'm not going to lift myself up. I am not going to think of myself more highly than I ought to think. See, notice that phrase. A man ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I believe there's a good measure of pride that we can have. I think if the guy is going to take pride in his work, I think it's going to make him want to work well. You know, hey, I, I take, man, that's, that's, my, that's my work there. I want my work to look good so that when people walk by, they can know that was done by so-and-so. Hey, I take pride in the things I do. That could be a good thing. But that doesn't mean you think so highly of yourself that you're boasting about it, that you're looking for it. So, all right, well, preacher, what does that mean about me as, as a Christian? You know, well, why, is that, why is that in God's word? Well, that's why Paul continues on with this thought. He says that we, in the middle of verse 3, ought not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, clearly, properly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay, so now we're talking about something that God has given us. There's a measure of faith. So what is it that God has given us? Notice verse number four. For as we have many members in one body, and all have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So, what's happening here is, folks, the Bible shows us that Christians are given, one, they've been given salvation by God, right? God did that. You know, God forbid that I should boast in the things that, that Christ did on the cross. I can't ever look at anyone and say, hey, look at the salvation that I've gotten. I didn't do anything, okay? Christ did it all. It was his blood that brought my salvation, not, not me. Okay? I can't say anything great about that. And then furthermore, we understand according to God's word that God gives his people certain gifts. You know, we believe that there are spiritual gifts based off the word of God. And there's a couple of different passages that show us that. And Paul alludes to that here. And one of the things he starts to show us is that as a group, Christians are, they, they're going to make up, they're going to make up one body. And they all have different abilities. They all have different strengths. They all have different things that they're good at. And we can never say that one person is going to be better than another because they are doing this and someone else is doing this. Paul is making the point, hey, you're, you're all one body. You're just different members. Folks, I can't look at one person's body or you can't look at my body and I can't say that my hand is more important than my eye, right? I can't say that, uh, that, that this piece is more valuable than this piece because it all has to come together to make the body, right? If it doesn't have this one particular piece, it's not a complete body, okay? Folks, that's what Paul, uh, Paul is trying to show us here. Notice verse number, five, uh, verse number four. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. 
Okay, they're all important members, but they just have a different office, a different function. So we, as a group, being many, are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. Folks, he's trying to show us that we're all members of the body of Christ. And then he goes through and starts to give us these uh, different gifts that some folks have. And then he shows us how we can be... um, he shows us how we can be humble in, in those gifts. So we'll dig into that here in just a minute. So let's pick this apart. And folks, I want to give us some thoughts on being humble out of this scripture. I want to give us some thoughts on being humble. So number one, why is it that we ought to be humble? Well, number one, God commanded us to be humble. I mean, here it is. It's in the scripture. So if, if for no other reason than that, we were commanded to. He says, look, that through the grace given unto me, or, or excuse me, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. There it is. Just don't do it. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Because you know, as Christians, we ought not to be uh, puffed up. And then he gives us the other side. Instead, we ought to think soberly. We ought not to think, we ought not to think pridefully. Folks, the other side of uh, of this, the other side of someone being humble is being prideful. And folks, pride, it can cause more problems in our life than anything else can. You know, pride, I don't know, it's amazing how something seems so simple that we could say, oh, it's, it's good to have pride in this way and this way and this way, but the moment that pride crosses a line, boy, it can cause destruction in our hearts and in our lives. I don't understand how it can be. It's amazing to think that it can be good, but also at the same time so bad. I mean, think of someone that's so prideful, they are unable to say, I was wrong. Boy, there are some people, they can hold on to bitterness and grudges for a long time because they are unable to say, I was wrong. And why can't they say that? Because of pride. They're, They're unable to humble themselves. They're unable to lower themselves. Or, you know, when someone comes at us and they say, well, hey, listen, you did this, 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 and this. And immediately, what do we want to do? You know, we want to puff ourselves up and you know, fire right back at them. Why? Because they hurt my pride. Boy, that's, man, that, that's something we just, we just immediately want to puff up and, and you know, get back in there with them or get back at them because of our pride. Folks, when we study the life of Christ, and you look at the very same situation he was in that figuratively some of us are in. Think about when Christ was put into chains and when they dragged him before his accusers and they said, hey, you, you did this, this, and this. You're, you know, man, you, you're, you're blasphemous. You, you're calling yourself the son of God. And folks, if anybody would have had a right to raise his voice and say, you know what, I am the son of God. And you're about to put the Son of God on the cross and to to murder him. And if if anybody would have had a right to say something and to put people in their place, it would have been Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us that he humbled himself. That he made himself obedient even unto death. The death of the cross. And folks, we know according to the scriptures that he was there just like a lamb going to the slaughter. He was quiet. He was humble. He stood there before his accusers, innocent, because he was the son of God. He didn't have any sins that he needed to pay for, but he was humble. 
Folks, and some folks would like to say, oh man, you know, being humble and being quiet, that shows weakness. No, folks, I would never say that my Lord and Savior was weak. Okay? Meekness is, some folks would say that meekness is simply having strength, but having that strength under control. See, God, at any moment, he could have just spoken a word, and every last one of them would have been wiped out. I mean, drop of a hat. Okay? He, he, didn't, he would have just had to think it for that matter. But he kept himself under control, and he humbled himself. Folks, that's a choice that we have to make as well. We need to follow our Lord's leading there. And we, we have to learn that that pride, that building of me up and wanting to lift me up, that's, that's something that can get me in trouble. If you're like me, I didn't have a whole lot of pride left by the time I was out of high school. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was a teenager. I was the kid that I would never actually get hurt, but I would do something really dumb and just get my pride hurt, right? Like, for example, I remember one time, me and all my buddies, we were, we were walking across the parking lot in high school, and we decided that we were just going to, I guess, do what high schoolers do and just start jumping around on stuff that we probably shouldn't have been climbing on anyway. So as we were running across the parking lot, we had this big old power, uh, power line pole. And it wasn't one of the wooden ones. I'm talking one of the metal towers that go up, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a big one. And it had the guardrails around it, the metal guardrails that they usually have on the side of the highway. So me and my buddies were like, hey. And I showed them, I said, I'm going to run, and I'm just going to jump up and jump off of that thing. So I took off running, and I'm running across the parking lot, and they're behind me. And, and if I remember right, my buddy even had his camera on me. And so I wrenched up and I started to jump up on that thing and my boots slid out from under me and I fell on the other side right into the bushes. And did I get hurt? No. But every last one of my friends were buckled over in laughter, just laughing at me. And boy, I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't get hurt, but I wish I would have because <laughs> maybe then I would have just a little bit of sympathy. Boy, my pride was hurt. My pride got hurt. There was another time, and, and I guess I was guilty of it too, one of my buddies, tall, lanky fella, you know, he, he had to be, I think he's 6'5", six, 6'7", six, somewhere in there. And they put this guy on first base, and he was not a first baseman. So the batter, he, he hit a line drive right down the, uh, the first baseline, and it took off bouncing. He went off to run and catch this thing, and when he reached down to scoop up that ball, the guy was so tall and lanky, he stepped on his own glove. I'm thinking, man, how do you do that? He stepped on his own glove, and his body made a triangle, and he just went on forward, and his face went right smack into first base. And at that moment, everyone on the field was so busy laughing at him, we didn't even stop to think to see if he was okay. You know, he just he just laid there. The play was done. And did he get hurt? No. But his pride got hurt. You know, it hurt him down inside here. And folks, the thing is, when we have so much pride built up in us, hey, I want people to think good of me. I want people to like me. I want people to, to see what great of a job that I do, me, my, myself, then we're putting ourselves up here. And when we do that, we've got a pretty long ways that we can fall. The Bible even tells us that in haughty spirit comes before a fall. And folks, we have to be careful of our pride. Pride itself is a sin. So Paul tells us we ought not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. But instead, folks, we've got to build up others. I want to be someone that when I'm around others, I want to build them up. I want to find their strengths. I want them to, to see their strengths and I want to help them with their strengths. 
want to build other people up. That's something I think that we all can do. We can, uh, we can do as Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. So first, we're commanded to be humble. Second, we have no reason not to be humble. Really, we don't have anything that we can be prideful about. See, look what the Bible tells us in verse 4. For as we have many members... <coughs> excuse me. For as we have many members in one body... And all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So here again, he gives us a reason not to even be prideful. Why should I ever think that my job is more important than this guy's job? Why should I ever think that, hey, my office is more important than this guy's office? And maybe it's just our mindset. Maybe we start to think that this guy is more important than this guy because of his position. Folks, I want, I want you to put it this way. I want you to think of, think of a military and the way they have different offices set up. You know, some would argue, oh, you know, the, the general, he is so much more important than the buck private. Well, folks, let me tell you, if you didn't have both positions, a war would never get won. They're both important. You know, you could have a guy way up here on the top, and he could be one of the highest-ranking generals in the military, but if you didn't have any soldiers on the battlefield, the job would still never get done. You know, why could we say, oh, his position is so much more important? Folks, I would almost argue that the other guy that bleeds on the battlefield is probably more respectable than the guy sitting in his office. You know, one position we can't say is more important than the other. They're all important. And the same thing is true when it comes to the things of God. Folks, as children of God, we are all one body. We've all been redeemed because of what Christ did on the cross. And then he's all given us different jobs. And we, we all make up one body. And when we all function together, it works according to his plan and according to his will. He's the one that sets it up. We're just here to do whatever it is he tells us to do. He's the one that does all this stuff. We're just, we're just here to... <laughs> to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to obey. That's it. That's our job, to just simply be obedient. I, I have no reason to boast because of what God told me to do, right? I mean, if I'm just being obedient, well, why do I have a reason to be prideful for my obedience, right? So we see that all parts of the body, all offices are equal. They're all equal before the Lord. And number three, I want us to show this. Our gifts are where we also should be humble. Paul starts getting very specific here. Our gifts are where we need to actually work on being humble. I'll show you verse number six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. See, having the grace and there are different gifts, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait, let us be patient on our ministry. Or he that teacheth, the same thing. He needs to wait and be patient on his teaching. Or he that exhorteth, he needs to be patient and be correct about his exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. You know, he, he shouldn't be uh, puffed up or proud when he gives. It just needs to be with a right heart the way God has asked him to. He that ruleth, he needs to rule with diligence. He needs to be diligent. He needs to put his mind to the things that God has given him to do. And he that showeth mercy, he needs to do it cheerfully. See, folks, these are all things that God has showed us. He showed us some specific spiritual gifts, and there are more than, than these that are listed. But when he showed these, he put a little tag on the end of it. He said, look, when you're doing your spiritual gifts, do them properly. 
We ought not to boast about these things. And when God gives us a spiritual gift, do them humbly with a right attitude before the Lord. Folks, one of the things that we can never see, I'll never see it in you, and you'll never see it in me. That's our motives. I can never see why it is that you do what you do. I can't. I can't see your heart. And the same thing is true of me. You will never be able to see what's going on down inside my heart. Only God can see that. But I will tell you this. One day when we get to heaven, God's going to look at us and he's going to see why we did the things that we do. And he's going to look at that. And I believe that God's going to judge us based off of those things. Again, not judging based off of whether we'll be in heaven or not. We know that's not the way that part works. But we will get rewards when it comes to being in heaven. We'll be rewarded for the things that we've done. And I believe our motives are going to be a big part of that as well. That's why he's talking about here, even our pride. What's going on deep down inside? So I want to bring this thought before you. If you know what your spiritual gift is, and we'll get to those later, not necessarily in this passage specifically, but we'll talk about each of those things. If you know what your spiritual gift is, or very simply speaking, if God gives you an opportunity to do something great, if God gives you an opportunity to, uh, to minister to someone or to do something wonderful, folks, let's do that with the right heart. You know, well, we should never serve God so that I can turn around and say, hey, look at me. I get to serve God. Now, now great. It's a wonderful thing. We can rejoice about it. But the idea is not to say, look at me. I'm a Christian. Look at me. Look at the great stuff that I did. You know, I almost wish there was some kind of way that we could do the work of God with no one ever even knowing who we are. Yeah, I wish there was some way to do that. You know, I, I don't really, it's, of course, it's kind of impossible. You know, when, when you think of, you know, this church here, this church here, they, you, you know who the pastor is, and, and you know, a lot of times you'll know who the song leader is and those kind of things. I mean, they just, it just kind of is part of it. But I wish there was a way that all of that could be done in the background because you know who I want to get the honor and glory in this church? I want God to get it. You know, I don't want God to look at Bible Baptist Church here in Big Timber and say, man, look at the great work that those folks are doing over there. What I would rather be said is that people would see Bible Baptist Church and they would see, boy, look what God is doing in that place. Look what God is doing in their hearts. You know, look, look how God is changing lives. Because, again, we have nothing that we can be prideful about. He's the one that does it. He's the one that works in my heart. He's the one that works in your heart. And folks, we should want him to get the glory. So at the end of it, when we see this, let's just take Paul's command here, the command that's given to us in God's word. Let's take this thought to heart to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Folks, let's give God the glory. When something great happens in our lives, praise the Lord. When God gives us an opportunity to serve him, praise the Lord. And you know, even if we don't have an opportunity that we think we ought to have, let's go ahead and praise the Lord anyway. Just like we talked about the other day with Job. Everything he had was taken away from him. But he got down on his face and he still praised the Lord. He still worshiped. And I think that needs to be our heart there as well. So folks, what we've seen tonight is that pride can easily take away from the value of our spiritual gifts. So let's work on the things that God has for us to do, but with the right heart, with giving God the ultimate honor and glory and not here of ourselves. So if we could, let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.
Our Father, Lord, again, we just want to love you and we want to praise you and thank you so much for the things that you have done. Lord, again, it's not of ourselves. Lord, you even, you've even showed us that in your word when it comes to salvation. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Lord, it's what you've already done. Lord, I pray that you would remove all pride from us and help us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Lord, help us to lift up one another. Lord, help us to give you the praise and you the honor and to give you the glory. So folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, our pianist is going to play very quietly through a hymn of invitation. And this is just where we say this is your time to do business with the Lord. I just want to ask you, is there something here that you've seen out of the Scripture tonight? Or is there maybe some area that, that maybe we just failed to praise God in? You need to remember that we're nothing special in of ourselves. We're just one piece of the puzzle. And one piece isn't more important than the other. Folks, we're all children of God. The very same blood that was shed for me was shed for every single one of us. Let's just give God the honor and give God the glory. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I pray that you would work on our hearts. And help us not to just focus on the things that we do on the outside. But I pray that you would work on our hearts on the inside. On our motives and why we do things as well. And I pray that you would help us to be humble. Lord, to have this humility. And I pray that you would remove all sinful pride from within us. Lord, that we might give you the honor and glory. Again, we love you and we thank you for all you've done. Bless us now tonight. And may we just put you first in all we do. For it's in your name. Amen.